All right. Or he's going to die young because, you know, cholera. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair it's enough. True. Yeah. Or mentions of the plague or something, right? Yeah. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co host, Ian Anderson. Some shit. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate help going the podcast by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsoverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Sign up for our newsletter and get exclusive content and updates. Pick up some merch and interact with us. We love interacting with you, so please do that. The question we always ask if you ever find yourself wondering if you spend the time, money, or both on a movie. To help with that question, each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. Today we're reviewing The Last Duel. It was released October 15th, 2021. It was written by Nicole Hall of Center, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon. It was directed by Ridley Scott. It stars Jodie Comer, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck, Harriet Walter, Alex Lothar, and Martin Sokis. When Marguerite de Carouge is raped by Squire Jacques Legree, her husband Jean de Carouge challenges him to a trial by combat, the last legally sanctioned duel in France's history. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast. Go check out this movie. Come back. Pick up where you left off because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. And before we get started, quick disclaimer, quick warning, whatever you want to call it. This movie and our discussion will cover some very heavy topics, including sexual assault, abuse, all of those things towards women. Please keep that in mind as you listen. Those are things that might cause some pain and discomfort for you. Please don't hesitate to step away from the podcast. We don't want to cause any pain, but we are going to have some deep conversations, I'm sure. Also, probably this is not going to be your typical What's Our Verdict episode. I just don't see us getting into some serious comedic value on this one. There's not a lot there, and I know usually we're very irreverent and jokesters, which we love to do, but in this movie, I just think it deserves a, a more serious conversation. So probably won't be your typical episode, but please hang out with us because I think it'll be a difficult conversation, but I think a very good one. So yeah, with all that said... Let's dive in, guys, and talk about this movie. We mentioned it in the spoiler-free, but man, what a bait and switch. And I just want to get it out there because the marketing for this, I think, is, again, very bait and switchy, but I think it's genius. I, You know, you got these guys that uh, – a set of actors, four actors that have been in some major movies, and we all love to watch, right? And they promote it as this movie that's about the duel. And in reality, there's very little of the duel. I mean, you see it, right? And it starts out with the duel and them getting ready for the duel. And it ends with the duel. But this movie is about, to me, something that's even going on a lot today, right? You have perspectives of three different perspectives of people that's centered around a rape that drives this duel and the three reasons behind what's going on. And at, the, at its center is Marguerite, Jodie Comer playing just a fantastic part in this and it's hard to watch the first two perspectives because it's from the men's perspective and just how twisted those perspectives are when you talk about the center of this movie being a sexual assault and how it's portrayed as this heroic thing for one man in his perspective and a non-issue from the other perspective even though i really liked that from jacques legree's perspective even though he it was less uncomfortable. It was still very much a sexual assault and rape. Like there was not a, you could yeah. not be confused that this was consensual, even though they wanted well, you to think that from his perspective, it was. That's what was so frustrating watching his is he, this it's the truth. According to Jacques 
Wigrees or whatever his name is. And you're yeah. like, this is still rape. Like, this yeah. is not okay. Yeah. And then mentally having to prepare yourself for it's going to be even harder when it hits to her oh. perspective. Like, knowing how hard that was to watch, it just became infinitely more difficult when it came to her perspective. And that's something, if you haven't already seen this movie i think it it took me a second to get into it the way they tell it because it's very choppy at the beginning and it didn't fully click that this was three different perspectives until the second one started up so maybe just like a note if you haven't seen this or you're going to see it to be aware of that because it it took me a second to get into the movie trying to figure out what was going on because it's super choppy jumping like years here and months there and but it ends up working really well what I loved about it was, especially from Jacques Legree, was the conversation he had with Ben Affleck after the rape was committed to where he was like, oh, well, she gave all the normal protests, but it, it was consensual. And just the attitude of the nobility, especially from Jacques' point of view, because I think he was born a commoner. And we learned that he was going to go into the church, but then he found, you know, a path to nobility essentially through trial of arms, I guess, and becoming a squire. But he was raised common and the ideals of the nobility, which is kind of just whatever I say it is, is the way it is. And he was just clueless to what he actually did. He honestly thought, oh, yeah, that was fine. It's normal. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, just the attitude of the nobility was really, I think, portrayed exceptionally well. Well, and that whole thing, like, because at first, when you walk, when you first get into Jacques Legree's like perspective, right, you get into that second one, and like Ian said, it breaks it down into three different perspectives. That of starts with the husband Jean de Carouge, and then it really, at first, I thought, okay, yeah, that's going to be exactly what I thought it was going to be, in that it's a movie about these guys' friendship, right, and how it turns into this duel. Because from Jean's perspective, you see him save Jacques' life in this first battle. And then it switches to Jacques' perspective. And, and you, it, well, and rightly so, in the first perspective of Jean de Carouge, you don't see the, the, the rape. You see Jean leaves. He comes home. He's not aware of it. He wasn't there. So it's not part of his perspective. It's just he leaves. Everything's fine. He comes back and his, and his wife, Marguerite's a little off and seems down. And then she tells him. And then he immediately goes into savior mode and I'm, I'm going to save your honor and blah, 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 blah. Well, from Jacques perspective, like at first I was even more comfortable because like this is whole, like just debauchery filled life that he has with Matt Damon's character, right? Like there's orgies there's, and I was like, man, this just feels so gratuitous at first to me. Like I look, I'm all for sex and nudity in movies. Like, game on i have no issue with that whatsoever but this felt like it was just i was like this is out of place for this movie and what we've seen up to this point but then you realize that that's part of who this guy is like he feels like there's not a woman in the world that'll turn him down right he is and and to adam driver's credit he plays it perfectly like he is the he is god's gift to women and it's if crazy. you run i will only chase you yeah i can't believe he said that yeah. shit like oh god the whole scene makes me just thinking about both of those scenes makes me uncomfortable uh so hard to watch i like jean uh de Carouche because he's such a funny character in the sense that he doesn't know how to lead an army he's a great fighter and they put this through uh you know with his 
you know, knighthood, his kind of battle scars that he has. He survived a lot of fights, but he has no idea to be how to be a leader. And you learn this in 30 seconds when he takes his cavalry from a hill and charges into a river with him. <laughs> That's what I noticed. I just know the English commander on the other side is like, oh, great, short war. We're going home early, boys. But he doesn't know how to lead. And it comes up even further. So he's this kind of almost it's it's divine rule for me to lead soldiers in the battle because of where I was born. And so even the two friends are from completely different worlds and completely different skill sets and completely different ideals. And that even threw me for a looper. I was like, oh, I, I like them both and I hate them both and they're terrible people. But at the same time, they're both a product of their upbringing and what they were taught. And it mm -hmm. just, yeah, that, that beginning for Jean de Carouge, he's <laughs> just such a funny guy. One thing I really enjoyed about this movie is the, man, like medieval times, what a brutal life. Because I think oftentimes Hollywood paints this this rosy filter over anything med medieval and that's chivalry and, you know, leading. It just, I felt like this was more realistic to what to expect at that time in the world too. I mean, people are dirty and grimy. They're, it's just, you. it's gritty in some spots. And I think it was an appropriate backdrop too, but it just makes you feel like how brutal life was already. And even still, like how the injustices that came across. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but yeah. No, I think you're, it's, you said it perfectly well. I, I, it was funny. I'm, I'm a huge fan of like the Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur, all that stuff. Like I'm very love yeah. that shit. But then when you think about that time frame, and especially because I mean it's a similar a little later, but it's very like you think about that, it's not all this bed of roses that they make it seem in like the stories and shit. Those guys are gonna be these guys, right? And then when you think about that from that perspective, you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, poor Guinevere, like because you know she got shit on the whole time. It's not that she was fought over for two men. I mean, it could have been the the parallel to this story, right? Like who knows? what actually happened with the real King Arthur and all that stuff, because these guys weren't, they were a different world and they had different perspectives. And, you know, they thought that, and it shows in this movie that women were property. Like, I mean, he, she even says it at one point, Marguerite, that this is a property dispute. It's, it's not about this is my wife and she was raped. This it's a property dispute. He took something that in your mind is yours. I'm a piece of property. And now for your pride's sake, you have to go and, and, do whatever it takes and it has more to do with for him and she i love that she tells him look this is because he's taken everything from you he's taken land he's shit on you he's put you in a perspective in your mind that you're lesser than him even though your rank is higher and you know all this whatnot and so it's not about me and how that happened it's about the fact that your pride was bruised and you need to get revenge and even and even john treats it that way because when she tells him, like, I was raped and this happened. At first, he doesn't believe her and demands the truth. And then when he does start to lean into believing her, it's not about her. It's what evil this man has done to me. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, how like selfish, like, oh, man, like how dense do you have to be to to react that way? And it's this is just a hard movie to watch because there's so many of those injustices and, and just old school, like when they're talking about what science is that part oh, i struggled with yeah it made me nauseous like every time somebody said you have to be you have to enjoy it to get pregnant that's just science i'm like yeah. oh my god i was like very few women would actually be pregnant then we would have very few children in this joint because sorry 
fellas. It's that's just not something that happens easily. So it just wow. That was hard. Oh, scientific Look. fact, and the world is flat too, JJ. Oh um, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I really liked the way Matt Damon played that entire kind of uh, sequence. I guess um, really a testament to him as an actor, to where you you bought into it. You're like, yeah, this dude's an asshole, like straight up. And he does it in such a way that you also almost feel bad for him. And I think it's because of how he plays his character throughout the entire movie to where he's, you know, his first meeting with his liege lord, he gets called out in front of everybody. And then from there, he loses his title as, you know, his captaincy. He gets shipped off to campaigns over in Scotland and other places, comes back home at night, but doesn't have respect. And he just plays it all so well to lead up to this moment to where you're like, wow, this guy has an asshole. He has a little bit of a point, but he's an asshole still. And so you feel bad for him, but you also under, you know, you don't feel bad for him. I think it's a really well-played character uh, from Matt Damon's perspective. Such a great cast and such great acting to tell the story the way that they did, because it's all about these subtle differences a lot of the times in these stories or perspectives, I should say. And that's something that stuck out to me. I mean, we talked about how James Bond was such a long movie and this one's not uh, much shorter. It's a little shorter, but this is a movie that I felt benefited from the length because of the way they told the story. And it felt very purposeful what was in some perspectives and what wasn't in some perspectives and how those perspectives even differed where they had to reshoot a scene and play it slightly different to get the correct perspective. And that's something I I can't remember seeing something like that before. I mean, there might be another movie out there that does that, but super engaging, very, I was more drawn into this story than I expected to be. Because again, I came to see two dudes duke it out. So, and that's where I'm always okay with the bait and switch is the way they did this. What you just said there, Ian, too, for me is it's a testament to the writing and the way that they wrote this movie when I research last night. So Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote the movie from the perspectives of the men. And then mm. this writer, Nicole Hall of Center, wrote it from Marguerite's perspective. So I really, two things, I appreciate the fact that these knuckleheaded men are the ones that wrote the men's perspective, understanding that they're going to get it wrong, right? This perspective is going to be the wrong side of this view. And and that's not to shit on men. I, I'm definitely not doing that. But there's a lack of under, there's an under... That perspective, and I'm not just talking about the assault because there are men are out there that, are, that have been assaulted. So they have a perspective on that that's unique and understanding to a degree. What I mean is, as a man, I would never be able to fully understand what it was like for a woman in that time frame. No matter how much I want to say that I could figure it out, and I can't. But a woman can write from that perspective and understanding this is more of what you might feel and see a woman going through as in the 1380s, they were property, right? They were not human beings. They were property. And so it's one of those things where I really appreciate that Matt at Damon and Ben Affleck didn't just try to write this whole movie from right yeah. all the perspectives. They brought in a woman and allowed that perspective to be written from that gender. So I really like that. The second piece of that, the writing that comes from that is, like you said, the nuances of the differences, because we, we've seen movies like this before where there's different perspectives for the same story. And this one didn't like the parts that were cut out and the fact that there was this movie was so long. I went into it going, oh, my God, another two. And in fact, we were talking about it as we were walking into the theater last night. And I was like, another two and a half hour yeah. 
this movie. That was my least favorite part about this going in. And like you said, I'm glad that they did because the perspectives, they didn't cut a lot out from each perspective unless it was a part that the character wasn't there for. So you saw very long versions of the same story. Just only thing removed was the parts that the character wasn't there for. They didn't just skip it because, oh, you've seen that before. You needed all of that perspective. And I'm glad they didn't shy away from that time frame. And really leaned into the movie because of that so it it was yeah just so well written and and acted and i just love the perspectives that they brought and i love that it made me uncomfortable i I was driving home with casey last night and i was like i was my skin crawled 90 percent of this movie and like alec was saying like part of the reason my skin crawled is because at moments i would find myself sympathizing that's the wrong word understanding a perspective from these two men that ultimately were pieces of shit like at least to the point of being how they treated marguerite right from start to finish even on the best day they were pieces of shit to marguerite i think each character had its own things like right so like alec has brought up jacques legree was from a very humble beginnings and worked his way up and we admire that in people Right. When they start humble and they work themselves into a position of power and wealth, he did that. So there's parts that you're like, man, this guy really did it. Right. But at his core, God, what a shitty thing this man did. And probably tons of shitty things from the perspective of Ben Affleck's or Matt Damon's character with Jean de Carouge. He this guy was inept as a leader, not only in battle, but he didn't even collect his rents. But then I'm like, it made sense to me that he didn't collect his rents that we find out later because of the shitty position he was in when he had to be his rents collected and he wasn't able to pay, right? So I had admired the fact that he tried to let his people not have to pay rent and do, but then I would go, why am I admiring this man that treats his wife like shit, right? Like, so it really put me in a very terrible mental state a lot of this movie because i would be find myself going i get where these guys are coming from and then i go yeah but i don't care that i get where they're coming from because what they've done at the center of this story is horrific on both sides and i don't want to feel for these guys so it's a very interesting perspective for me because you do you can't help it they're humans right they do there are parts of them that are redeemable even in even in the eyes of an understanding that they ha- they do something very irredeemable in this movie on both sides. A very interesting perspective for me on that one and really made me uncomfortable. I think we've been so conditioned to come into a story looking, especially this one, The Last Duel. You know, it's going to be about a fight that you're looking for a hero and a villain. And that's not how this movie goes. Very human faults and frustrating drawbacks of these characters that you have to sit and watch through. And I I don't remember if I told you or not, JJ, but when it gets to the end, like I've never been so invested in the outcome of a fight on on screen, but cared so little about the actual individuals doing the fighting. (laughs) Um, And it's, yeah, it's like, I've never been on that big of an edge of my seat for a fight. And it it was, I mean, because this movie builds up to it and it does it so well, but it's not the reason you'd normally be looking for that fight. So just, man. They really did this in such a way to get you to care about the actual issue and the actual message of the story, rather than turning this into a entertaining money grab with this interesting story about the last sanctioned duel. Like it could have easily gone that way, but I'm glad they did what they did and did it how they did it. Yeah. Ian, to that point, you leaned over to me at near the end of this movie and said, so 
as Jacques getting just absolutely murked, right? We realize that he's lost this. Spoiler alert. Ian leans over to me because Jean takes a pretty deep wound in his leg early on in the fight. And Ian leans over and he's like, maybe Jean will continue to bleed out somewhere this way. And yeah, but it's just like, I agreed. I was like, I've never seen a movie like you said here where there's this battle and I'm very invested in the outcome, but I want both of the people involved in this fight to die. Like, I... It, <laughs> I didn't want either of them to win other than the fact that if Jean doesn't win, then Marguerite dies, which is like the most insane, not okay thing ever. And it's not just die. It's like she's shorn and whipped and burned at the stake. And this is (laughs) you're sitting there going like, ah. Yeah, just oh man, yep. I don't know what to say about to that. But it was just what was yeah. that? Uh, saying twenty to thirty minutes, according to the lawyer. Oh yeah, what a piece of shit! I tell you what, I hated about the duel or the ending mm-hmm. was after Jean kills Jacques. Who's the hero? Yep. He's riding through Paris. People are having him kiss their babies. They're worshiping as he goes by. He's soaking in all the attention, and Marguerite gets kind of kick to the curb you know he should he puts her on display while in the arena right he does his due diligence as the husband here she is and then he takes all the glory for himself and she ends up riding quite a few paces behind him which irked me a little bit but also kind of plays exactly to what we know about this kind of time period in the hundred years war where it's you know women are property so Mm -hmm. he he did his due diligence as husband he won she told the truth see she told the truth and now i'm the hero when you know it's not really a yeah. hero at all no oh yeah it made me I'm, sick i'm glad marguerite calls him out on it because there's that scene with him where he's i'm putting my life on the line for you and she's no you're not you're trying to save your pride and you're putting my life on the line because even though this is true if you were to lose what's happening to me i mean because john just gets like his throat slit he's not being burned alive you know it just oh man it yeah it does dude i know just talking about it, it's got my blood boiling again like it's just insane to me and so here's and to kind of talk more about the end because let's jump right to the end of this movie which is my favorite scene in this movie and that is marguerite taking like without a single real word at the end of this movie she's you see her with her son who very cute kid playing in the garden while she's sitting there watching, which at the end of the day, she has a comment before the duel that now all of a sudden, because of your pride, and she kind of admits to hers where she said, I would do it differently knowing that I'm, you know, if I had known that I was going to have a child when I started this, I would not have said anything, which is understandable from her perspective. But I love that the very end of this movie is just her and her son in the garden and you can see that she and then I started rolling through all these scenarios. First of all, Jacques Legree, whether the father or not, which he very well could have been, is dead. Jean de Carouge, while still alive. Not according to the science. He can't be the father. Shit, yeah, no shit. And the reason that I love that is because she takes the power back because I started rolling through all these scenarios. If I'm her in my head, right? She's sitting there with her son and she can say Jacques dead. John's still alive. But he has to live with the fact that, yeah, you won, you're the hero, whatever. But that might not be your son. But you have to own that he's your son. He gets to be your heir. He's going to take over all the little things. And I'm sure he got, I didn't do that research, but I'm sure this guy got even more stuff after he won that duel. Probably even got the captaincy that he got 
denied from his father later on. All of that will go to this son that somewhere in the back of his mind, he has to wonder if that is actually his son. And while that sounds really disgusting for me to say, like I am proud to say that I hope that man suffered for the rest of his life. And I realize he didn't have a very long life after that because he died in the Crusades. <laughs> but it's just... I loved that that's how they ended is the guys are gone. They're not part of the scene. It's just Marguerite. It's just her son. And it's just this powerful woman saying, I'm still alive. I'm still here. I'm still doing my thing. And I'm going to raise this kid. And I love him. And it all worked out for me to a degree. I I don't want to say that it didn't work out, but she's okay with where she's at because of her son and she's alive. And I, I liked that. That's how it ended. And we just cut the guys out because they're such dick bags. Well, and I really enjoyed that scene, too. I felt like it was this small moment of peace after this just stressful skin crawling story. But I I had one of I had a different thought that I was I probably wasn't intended by that scene. But I remember just looking at the son as he's playing there and just thinking, like, how how do we go from that? This innocent child to these people like Jean and Jacques, where. You know what I mean? Like it just it was hard to to see like how innocent everybody comes in at the start and just to what what they become. And yeah, it was super frustrating to see to have that kind of perspective amid this moment of peace. But that's kind of what the story did for me is like how, you know, it just. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I don't know why I'm saying a lot of what I'm saying. I'm just kind of tossing out things that went on. Well, no, it's an interesting perspective that I didn't think of, but it's a very good point. I, You know, because you're right. The kid's cute as hell. But in 20, 30 years, I mean, other than he's got Marguerite, but there's going to be people that come into his life that probably teach him to be like his father and like his yeah. What could have probably been a godfather at one point if they hadn't gotten into their tiff, right? So that's a great point that I didn't even think about how, you know, this innocent child eventually will probably grow up to have some of the same unpleasant tendencies and thought processes that the men that we hate in this movie had. So mm, good point. All right. Or he's going to die young because, you know, cholera. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Or mentions of the plague or something, right? Yeah. So I want to take a minute and talk about the real story of this for a second. So I did some research when I got home and it's very problematic and it's probably going to lead us into some discussions about our modern world and how it's not that different in a lot of ways still. So when this happened and the story of the uh, a lot of this story was very portrayed very accurately based on what I read. And I didn't go to like Wikipedia. Like I actually looked up like her testimony. There's journals from Legree's lawyer that talk about Legree's perspective, how the lawyer had some inklings of that Legree was lying and that the rape actually occurred. And then there's accurate, like there's word for word written down testimony, her testimony, which was brutal. Like they showed in her perspective of the, like them grilling her. It was like a seven month trial. And she got oh, wow. hammered throughout this trial. So the the actual assault took place in January of that year. The duel didn't take place till December. And that's because the majority of the year was spent in trial for this thing. Right. And she got hammered just like they showed. Like they, the lawyers, the church, like they were all trying to get her to say that this didn't happen or it didn't happen the way she said it went or and so but her testimony she stuck to her story the whole way through now what's happened is this all took place they lived their life she actually went on like you said to like they said in the end of the movie to be the head she never remarried 
She raised her son, the head of the the household, basically, from her perspective, which we saw in the movie that she could do very well, better than her husband did. So the problem is, is 60 years later, 70 years later, historians, men, historians got a hold of this story. And there was a guy that on his deathbed, this criminal that on his deathbed took credit for the rape said it was me, not Jacques Legree, which then this his, these historians took it and ran with it because it allowed them. And this is my, I will say that this portion is from JJ, right? This is not in the historical records anywhere. But to me, this was an idea for these men who needed to save the perspective of men, took this and said it was already a criminal that did it. And this innocent man got blamed for it and eventually died. And most of the history books, like actual historical books, will say that Jacques Legree was innocent, and it was a, this criminal that did it. When you look, though, at the testimony of Marguerite, the actual testimony from this trial, the detail in which she explains that this guy, and it, one thing that they did do in this movie that I understand why, kind of wish they didn't have to, was that the guy that was with Jacques that knocked on the door and got her to open the door, in the actual account, he helped Jacques. He held her down for him while he raped her. So in her testimony, she talked about she was fighting with everything that she had. Jacques couldn't hold her down alone. So he called in his friend that came in and then held her down. So the detail in which she gives it match none of the details that the other two guys that try to take credit for this rape told. They tell a completely different story. They couldn't even be confused at all with what her story was. So the problem that I have is why is it so easy, even going back to the 1300s, and we've seen it today. What was it? Four years ago, we saw it in in this university assault. Why is it so easy for us to say that's not how it happened when none of us were fucking there? Like, I have such a hard time with that. Like, we have two people's perspectives, right, that we should be listening to. And one of the things that I loved about this movie is the third perspective comes in of Marguerite and it hovers the other. So all three sections started with the truth, according to Jacques, the truth, according to Jean. And the last one is the truth, according to Marguerite. And when that truth, according to fades away, what sticks is the truth for Marguerite right now. Let me preface my little diatribe that I'm about to make with. I am not saying that there aren't people out there on both sides of these of sexual assaults then and today that lied. I understand that people lie. That's what happens. What I don't understand is that when we have a perspective given from the victim, it's so easy. It seems so easy. For me, it's not easy personally, but I can only speak for myself. But what it seems like is in the media and in these other stories, it's so easy to to very quickly take away and, and deny or try to poke holes in the story of a victim. And to me, that should be the first place that we give the benefit of the doubt. They just went through something harrowing. Even if the all the details aren't completely accurate, this is a terrifying situation for them. And I understand that there's a perspective from the assaulter that maybe just like this movie portrays, it to them is very different than from the victim. But I have a hard time. I have a really hard time because I have had numerous people in my life who are victims of assault and this type of assault. And so I have a really hard time when I watch the news and I listen to these stories where just like Marguerite, the victim's story gets twisted and changed in order to fit a narrative that fits a certain demographics or group of people's storyline that they want it to be. Anyway, that was a very long diatribe to say that this movie is very thought provoking in that it shows three different perspectives and there's pieces of it that you can identify with whether you want to or not. But at the end of the day, this poor woman even historically ends up being the bad guy when when you look at the facts of the the testimony and the things that came out in the real 
actual story of this, there's no way that her, what happened to her should be turned into something that she made up or lied for the sake of her husband or to save the fact that she had an affair. Like it just disgusts me when I got more into this story. So anyway, that was a very long diatribe. Sorry to take over fellas, but it just, that part of this really is what makes me uncomfortable and really bothers me. So. And it's, it's unfortunate. And I, I sometimes think like, even, I don't know, I, I don't think I have an answer to your question about why is that so easy to, to make that happen. But I, I do feel like it's because it's uncomfortable. It's because it's this wrong thing and people would rather make up a story that makes them feel better or is less difficult. I, it kind of reminds me of the, the Joker in, which is going to be sound really random at first, but I'll, I'll make it make sense. But the Joker in the, in the Dark Knight movies, when he talks about, you know, if it's all according to the plan. And in our minds, you know, that's not according to the plan is having that. And so we try to make up something or find, make the story lighter than what it actually is and what the victim is actually saying. That's the only thing I can think of is because even just this movie, like it makes you very, very uncomfortable because it's a hard topic and it happened and it's something that shouldn't happen. And so I think that's why oftentimes we try to find in that narrative that that makes it less uncomfortable or yeah, something like that. Yeah. We try to make it more palatable, I guess. And if it's yeah, I mean less true than it's, and it's more palatable. And we shouldn't. No, we yeah. definitely shouldn't. And we shouldn't. I well, think and I too think... often people are not willing to face hard truths. And that's something I think as a society we need to get better at in order to improve. I agree. You said that for hers, it was 70 years after this happened that the historians came in, JJ? I think so. I, I, I don't remember. So there was, it was, I think it was like 20 years later or 10 years later that this guy on his deathbed took credit for the rape. And then it was like 70 years later, a historian actually wrote in his, like a historical, something that was considered like a historical document that people took as truth, that he then laid the blame at Marguerite's feet to say that she made up this story because she was, he said she was raped, but it was by this criminal. And then she took the initiative with her husband to make this story about Legree in order to get revenge for the slights that her husband had been going through with like the land dispute and all the different lawsuits that he had brought up against Legree. So that's, and at that point, the history changes. And if you go back through like historical records now question her story more than they do look to her actual like testimony, which is still recorded and on paper. So. All right. Cause I wonder, because about 70 years after this takes place is when the end of the Hundred Years' War comes to be. So this time period takes place right in the Hundred Years' War. So this historian could possibly have been looking for more news, dig up something from the past, try to make his mark on something. Yeah. Or it's a time, you know, the Hundred Years' War at the end of it for France was a terrible time period. He might have been looking for a hero or, you know, somebody to raise up and put on a pedestal that previously had been knocked off of one. And I think that maybe that comes to play a little bit now with that third party coming in and using someone else's misfortune to make a quick buck or to get their 15 seconds of limelight. We have, you know, YouTube channels, you have streamers that all pitch in into social news and they have absolutely no background, no experience, no reason to really doing it. 
but they have a platform, they have an audience, and they know how many likes they can get if they take a controversial standpoint or really just any standpoint, they can put it out there and then almost with no kind of background, you can ruin someone's life. You can end up publishing false information and it's all over alike. So I wonder if the reason that we have such a problem kind of keeping our nose out of other people's business is that we kind of want to give our input and we want that validation. And we say, oh, you know, this person was lying. And then 10 people agree with us. And that makes us feel pretty good. You know, yeah, we were right. Versus yeah. just letting it go through due process, keeping our nose out of it, focusing on ourselves and letting us kind of, you know, letting this kind of play out to you know, let the people who know what they're talking about essentially do the job that they're supposed to be done. And especially with uh, Marguerite's uh, whole thing, you said this was a seven month trial. Mm -hmm. That is a long trial, especially during wartime in France when they had a monarch. Most trials were hang him. He's innocent, um, you know, time for lunch, take an hour. This lasted for seven months. So this is going to be lamb blasted, not over, not even just over Paris. It's going to be all over France, the trial of Marguerite. And it could have been because uh, the King Charles VI was quite young at this time. And so it was probably entertaining, especially yeah. since as a young king, he wouldn't really have anything to do with the wars that are being fought. He would be stuck at home in the palace. Um, but by keeping it as entertainment for himself, He's allowing it to really just kind of spit out of control and more people or more people are giving their kind of two cents on this trial when really they don't have necessarily any business in doing so. It's a good point. It's a yeah. very good point. From the perspective of the fact that when you think about that, that, you know, maybe back in the 1400s and there was a similar, how do I use this to my advantage, right? And and get people to listen to me. And I, so it's it's crazy to think about that historians, which technically were the media of you know, the middle ages and, and those dark times were because I, you know, I've, we, I've talked about it before. I hate the media and Casey brought up a good point. She brought up something last night. So we were talking about it when we got home and she watches, I've talked about it before her, one of her favorite shows is called the newsroom. It was on HBO for three seasons. It's a really good show. I shit on it all the time. Cause I've watched it a thousand times cause she loves it so much, but it really is a good show. And at the end of the third season, there's like a, there's a segment that one of the heads of this newsroom wants them to do on this woman in university was raped. And there's this big battle about who they who's telling the truth and who's not. And she wanted to come on to basically talk about the rape on the news. And this producer meets with her and says, I believe you. But the problem is, is when we go on to the news, I have to, from an unbiased perspective, believe him too, at least in this interview. And when that happens, I have to ask questions that are going to embarrass you, that are going to be hard and things that you don't want to talk about. And so for me, I wonder how often too, I understand from an unbiased media perspective, why those questions have to be there. But at the same time, like there's certain things that I think just shouldn't be in the media because of the way that now it's a profit game. Like you talked about, Alec, they, I don't care if it's Fox News, if it's CNN, if it's MSNBC, all of them are profit machines and they're going to do what it takes to make money, which means controversy, which means crazy headlines. And so when something like this happens, it's not about the victim and what they've gone through or even on the flip side, if you want to go down that road, because I don't want to be biased myself, is to say, you know, this person that maybe is being falsely accused, right? We make it about the sensationalist part of those things, as opposed to actually getting down to the truth, which is what every party involved in this situation 
like this or anyone like this should have the right to have, right? Instead of sensationalizing it, it should be about getting down to the facts. Once the facts are figured out and found and the investigation is done, then let's put it in the news and let's talk about the facts of the case and the facts of the situation as opposed to the he said, she said, and the what about this and the what about that. And we all have our opinions that then get turned into facts. When someone hears an opinion, they go, oh, well, so-and-so said it was this. Yeah, but they don't know shit. And that's the real for me. Like, And it's not just in cases of, of sexual assault or it's any case that has to do with one person being wronged, we've turned it into this sensationalism thing where we can make money based on telling this story before we know really anything about it. So anyway, there's another diatribe. So we've talked a lot about the the deep dive in this movie and as far as like the, the hard parts to watch. And I, so I really want to give, I feel like I'm coming to a close cause I'm starting to still get out. I feel like this, I don't, we can only talk about this for so much before it just feels like we're beating a dead horse, but I want to get back to the movie itself and just say for me, how happy I am that I got bait and switched. And I don't say that often as a former car salesman. Like I hated it when someone go, you bait and switched me. And I'm like, no, I didn't. But in this movie, they did. And the marketing is genius. And I say that because this is a very wide generalization, but myself as a, as a male, I don't know. Okay, that's not true. I do know that if they had marketed this movie for what the way that it actually is, I probably wouldn't have put it on our list of movies to watch and review. I probably wouldn't have watched it. And I think that that's probably the majority of people, not just men. I generalize that around men because that's what I am. But I don't think if they had marketed it, and this movie was packed, Ian, I was, we were buying, I was buying tickets. This yeah. movie was sold out in a number of theaters, and I don't believe anyone went into this movie going, yeah, I'm about to go watch this very heavy, very dark movie that tells a truth that I don't want to think about. And they probably all got there and had the same feeling that I did and went, what the hell did I just watch? But I hope they all left the same way that I did and went, I'm glad that I watched it. And I hope that it leaves people having conversations that lead to a more honest society. I really feel like this movie has a great story to tell and it does it in a way that is truthful and that hurts to watch because we have to face the demons that we try so hard to ignore or to change in so many ways. So why don't you guys give your final thoughts and then we'll rate this son of a bitch. If you I, have final thoughts, if not, we can just move on. Well, and as I'm thinking more about the bait and switch, you know, I when I saw, you know, the, we talked about the marketing for this movie, I was expecting to come and see an epic duel. And in some ways, you know, maybe it wasn't a bait and switch because, like I said, I was so invested in the outcome of this duel. But again, not for the reasons that I thought I would be. And I think they did that extremely well. So maybe it's not even a bait and switch. Maybe I got exactly what I needed. So, you know, the only other thing I could think of that I would have, I think would be interesting to dive into is the like historical, the way they fought. I would love to know how that compares to way the way that a medieval battle would actually take place. Cause I saw a lot of things you don't usually see in a medieval movie with them using like the, the, the base of the sword and the blade and like striking and all these different things. And, but I, Again, that's not really the the purpose of this movie, but just kind of like a final thought that I thought would be interesting to know more about. And because this is a movie that makes you want to search out more answers, like mm -hmm. you said, JJ, this, especially when it comes to the trials, that's something I might still go look up because I was very curious to see kind of where they took the story from because they had to do a ton of research, I'm sure, to get to where they got. There's a lot of effort put into this movie and it shows. 
Yeah, just one thing. I agree with both of you guys, but what really stuck out to me was all the little details. And Ian just kind of mentioned this with the fighting, but all the little details that put in, I consider myself to be somewhat of a history nerd. So there's little things that I picked up on. I was like, ha ha. And I don't know if they were intentional or not, but they uh, spoke to me. And one in particular was near the end where Charles the Sixth, the King, gives a little like, ha ha laugh when Legree is winning the duel mm-hmm. and he kind of gets involved and Charles the six was actually, he developed mental illness in his twenties. So this was a few years down the road mm-hmm. um, to where he had bouts of psychosis and couldn't recognize his wife and kids at times, didn't know where he was in his life or world. And so to me, that was a little bit of the onset of that, a little kind of nod to him developing that later in his life. So there was little tidbits like that all throughout the movie where I picked up and I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I I had no idea about this story going into it. So there was that bait and switch. I think they got a perfect story to do it on because even if most people know the names of these characters going into the movie, I doubt they've heard of this story before just because uh, like JJ said, it's been manipulated and rewrote throughout all of history. So even if you knew the story do you really know the story so i think they did a wonderful job in picking their story to make this statement and in delivering that story to really any kind of audience regardless of your knowledge one last point but you guys made me think of with the details of the fight i forgot that in the historical record of this fight so this whole fight's talked about well it's god's will right whoever wins it's that's their way of saying god is god's way of saying this is a person that's telling the truth which i, I mean even modern day what i would call fanatics right of religious fanatics would have a hard time saying yes that's how god works right but it's interesting so the actual story of the fight one thing that they didn't show in this fight is so there's that point where john de cruz is sitting on the ground like he's getting his ass handed to him he's sitting on the ground and then there's jacques legree's getting ready to stab him like this overhead stab where he's sitting behind him and then jean puts the the axe in his knee the back of his knee well historical records and these could be inaccurate but the story that's mostly told is that it's believed that Jacques Legree slipped on Jean de Cruz's blood from that stab in his leg he never that he didn't take the axe to the knee that what brought him down but he slipped and that's how Jean was able to get on top of him and eventually kill him and they embellish the way he dies like they show him stabbing that that dagger through his mouth he actually just cut his throat and let him bleed out right there. They needed that. You know, this is, you can't have, that's not a good way to go. Yeah, you got to have that crunch. And I wanted to skull. see a brutal death. Yeah, exactly. Well, and yeah, then, I mean, we deserve to see a brutal death. And the dragging through the streets. I mean, still deserved more, but it was satisfying to see that. And they did actually do that. They did drag him from the arena naked and they hung him from the gates of Paris for, I think it was like three months. Like he, and then they finally were like, yeah, it's enough. Because once he lost, when God decided that Jacques Legree was guilty, which should have been decided long before that, but when it was decided that God was, had judged him, they treated him very harshly, which they shouldn't have needed that to get to that point, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, he hung there by his feet naked for like three months after the duel was done. And then it finally got to the point where it was so gross 
that they were like, okay, it's probably time to take it down because he was rotting yeah. and stunk and it was bad. But they did that quite a bit in France, especially at that time frame. This is a point we're going to try to make. So, yeah, I found that interesting that most likely he slipped and that was God's way of making sure he lost that duel is he slipped on some blood in the fight. All right, let's rate this thing. I'll go first just because I want to get it out of the way. And I want to talk about the movie. We've talked about the story of this movie. It's well written. It's amazing. I'm glad that they wrote it the way that they did with men's perspective towards these men and a woman writing the woman's perspective. I think it would have been could have been a very different movie otherwise. The acting is probably the best acting I've seen all year, if not the last five years. Like the acting is so good, so believable. And to that point, like I feel bad for Matt Damon and I almost feel bad for Matt Damon and Adam Driver. Because if you've listened to interviews and talked, like heard these guys talk, like Adam Driver has like a, a TED talk where he talks about his military service and how he became an actor. And these are two very kind and gentle men. And to have to be these ferocious, animalistic, almost inhuman human beings that they played in this and to do it, no holds barred. Like they went for it. Like, cause you hate them in this movie it's i can't imagine that some of the scenes in this movie were easy to do so i give them credit they played it very well for me though i don't want to leave without saying the shining star in this movie for me will always be jodie comer what a freaking angelic beautiful woman and she is an actress to end i'm so glad that she is where she's at like it's interesting the juxtaposition to talk about free guy and how we saw her play in that character and then you put her in this movie and this character, she can do it all. Thoroughly impressed. Like she stole every scene in this movie that she was in, which she should, and she was great. So I really enjoyed this movie. Go see this movie. I'm giving this movie a five. There are little things. I don't want to say that it's a perfect movie, but there is nothing in this movie that was to me bad enough or hard enough for me to, that I didn't like to take away from it how good it was. So I am going to give this movie a five for the story for the message it has, for the way that they got me into this movie, and for the way that it ultimately was made and told. So five for me, go see this movie, be uncomfortable, hopefully learn some lessons from it and change perspectives and or solidify your perspective. Alec, give us your rating, my friend. So kind of piggybacking off of JJ a little bit, acting was phenomenal. I did like seeing Jodie Comer essentially play the same character she did in Free Guy, kind of this tough, you know, not going to take any crap off anybody character, but she was able to do it in, you know, medieval France in a time period where women had no say, had no vote, had no rights. She was essentially a piece of property, but she still came off that fiery character and made you believe it to where, you know, really a testament to her acting ability. And then, you know, the fact that Ben Affleck, of all people, is the comedy relief or the somewhat comedy relief tells you just how talented this this casting was for this movie. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was I was mad about the bait and switch because I was baited and switched, but not mad about the end result. It was more like my pride was stung that, oh, they got me. No, <laughs> I hate you now. Um, but not any sense of the story was bad. The story was phenomenal. It was a it was a great story that I'd never actually heard. So it was great first telling of that story. There were a couple parts with the three perspectives that felt long because nothing really changed. For example, it was when Legree first gets into the the Courage estate. Essentially, it was the same conversation from two different viewpoints um, or two different sides of the door. So that was a 
hard to sit through, especially when I knew what was coming the second time. I was like, okay, I could skip that. Let's just skip this over with as quickly as we possibly can. That being said, it was a phenomenal movie. And I think I'm pretty lucky with every movie I've been on the podcast has been has been really highly rated. I'm going four and a half just for the stretches that I could have done without with the excess. And the fact that five for me, as always, I got to be able to watch it with my grandma and couldn't watch this with my grandma. Yeah, so that's four fair. and a half, but does not detract from the movie itself. All right, Ian, bring us home. We might have to have you on next week because I really want that to be a good movie. So yeah. there's that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about this movie and I don't feel like I have much more to add than already been said very much enjoyed this movie wasn't what i expected it to be but in a good way and man like it's been a while since i've seen a movie earn the runtime that it had there were like alex said a couple spots where they probably could have trimmed a little bit but overall i wasn't sitting there waiting for this movie to end i was invested in what was going on and what was happening and wanted to see a good outcome in a movie that is just so dark but the the one thing that i didn't like too much was at the beginning it feels really choppy and hard to orient yourself in what's going on because they're jumping from years to months and you haven't even gotten the characters down yet i didn't know what their names were so they were talking about each other and i don't know who they're talking about so that that's my biggest knock on this but as jj and alex said this even that knock is not a big one it's it's a great movie you should see this if you're willing to go through some difficult truths and I'm going to go with a 4.5 as well. This was extremely well done. I'll be honest though. I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to watch this again because it was so hard to watch, but yeah, that's where I'm at. 4.5. Super great. Yeah. I forgot about that. Ian. Like I, I think because my brain was so made up that I won't watch this movie again, but the more I think about it, I, I won't watch this movie again on my own. Like, cause even Casey and I were talking about it. like Casey's like, I won't watch that again. Like I had to apologize to Casey a couple of times because like, I didn't know what neither of us knew what that was going to be. And I was like, you should come. It's Ben Affleck. It's Matt Damon. It's Jodie Comer. Come watch this. Movie. Yeah. And she loves Adam driver. So it was like, it's Adam driver. And, and at one point in the movie, she leaned over. She goes, why does he always have to be the villain? And I was like, that's a fair point, but it's because it, it, she loves him. But like, I, I was like, I'm sorry. Cause I didn't know. You know, and it, it's a trigger movie. Like, it'll get you. Like, it it cuts deep. So I want to amend, though. I I said last night to Casey that I would never watch it again. I don't want to say never. I would watch this movie again with someone that hadn't seen it before so that for the conversations that could happen after, right? Because I think this movie, because of how important the message is and how eye-opening, not only what it was like in those times, but how that correlates and translates into some similarities that are happening in 2021, right? This movie takes place in the late 1300s, but there are things that are similar happening in 2021. And I think having those conversations with someone, so I would watch it with someone that hadn't seen it before to, to be able to have those conversations, but that's the only way. I would ever watch this movie. Well, the something that came up as you were talking about that, JJ, that I think we didn't really talk on because we were talking about our perspective in the bait and switch. But is is I can see being a potential issue for people is those that would be triggered by something like this aren't going to have a warning going in. They're going to expect yeah. what we expected and be put in a very, very uncomfortable situation, especially in a movie theater. If you're at home where you can turn this off or you can skip through some parts or you can you have a little bit more control, I worry about those that may go to this expecting to just have an enjoyable action movie and be very, very surprised. 
And that's very true. And it, to be honest, in the spoiler free, I thought about giving it a stream it for that very reason. Yeah. Because I'm like, if, if, but I also, and I, you know, and it's, I've also talked to a couple other people that have seen this movie outside of our group and, and at least one has been through a sexual assault. I'll just throw it out there. And so in talking to that person, the bait and switch was hard for them. And this movie triggered them heavily, but it was a very interesting perspective to hear from that person because they talked about the fact that yes, it was very hard to watch and it brought up and they'll have to put themselves back together for a couple of days is what they said, which is very like that just made this movie harder for me when I was having that conversation last yeah. night. But it was one of those things where, cause I immediately reached out and was like, Hey, have you seen it? And they're like, yeah, I've seen it. So it was Yes, I agree with you. This movie potentially could really do some damage, but I also think that, and not saying that you're coming from this perspective, so I want to put that caveat out there. I don't think that you're thinking this way, <laughs> but for, because I thought the same thing, but hearing from this person, they were like, yes, but we're tougher than you think. And I'm like, that's fair, because I immediately yeah. go to, oh God, you know, but they go, look, I've lived through it and I'm to the point now where, yes, it's going to be hard and it was hard to watch and I have to put some pieces back together that broke again as i watch this but i'll be okay because i'm tougher than mm. most people give me credit for which i appreciate and so i think yes be careful going into this movie is the point understand that if you go see this movie there's some moments that will be hard to watch but again to everybody's point all three of us you should watch this movie because it's it's great it's made well and it has a great story and to Alex's point one that I don't think many of us knew about, at least not to the degree of what it is. And I highly recommend you guys, everyone that watched, go read Marguerite's testimony. You can find it online. It is very hard to read. I will preface that because the questions and the things that she's put through, you can just tell the disgusting bias that's there. And it wasn't to find out facts. It was to try to get her to change her story, to get through with this trial. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it's very interesting to read. And they, you can tell that the movie did its research. They read that testimony and they read all of the stories and the testimonies that came after and during. So interesting stuff. Anyway, highly rated movie. Next week, when we do Dune, we may have to have Alec on because I'm really worried about that movie. <laughs> yeah, I need all the help I can get. He's got a good get. track record. Yeah, he's got a good track record with big movies. And Javier won't be with us for next week either because he's on vacation, which we hope he's having fun. So, yeah, go see this movie. It's a great one. Big scores for us. Uh, we'll post it next uh, on uh, two, on Monday when the, the episode comes out. Join us for Dune next week. We appreciate you tuning in. Go check us out on what's our, at whatsourverdict.com. Check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at What's Our Verdict. I want to hear what everybody thinks about this movie. So if you're listening, please make a comment. Email us. Even if you because understand this is a hard topic to have over social media, too, without triggering people. Doesn't have to be through that. Please feel free to email us. I just am very interested about perspectives and, and these conversations. So reach out to us. I'd love to hear more about what you guys thought of this movie. With that, again, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Cinematic out.